Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter and I'm going to be talking about Big Little Lies Season 2, Episode 2, it's called Telltale Hearts. So, this episode is a big one, Katara's not here of course this week because she's moving, uh, like, today, so, <laughs> she did watch the episode though, um, I'll tell you about some reactions that I heard from her <laughs> later on, but, uh, so episode 2 of Big Little Lies though is, is a huge episode, it is a huge episode, it's a hell of a one to miss because, this episode kind of reveals a lot of the lies. Like, a lot of the lies, not the big one. The big one that Bonnie killed Perry, uh, of course, is the one that's still contained and still eating away at her. And, you know, at one point, Bonnie even refers to it as, a, as an entity. She says, it's coming for us. And uh, Madeline's like, who? And she's like, the lie. The lie's coming for us. But so much other stuff gets revealed in this episode. Um, we're talking Ziggy, the nature of his conception to the other kids, although, I mean, we hear that the kids have known about it for a while, and then, of course, we also have Madeline's affair that comes out as well, so a lot of big things happening here. Uh, so to start with Celeste and, I guess, Jane by, by uh, association and the kids, I mean, early on, the, the, like, there's some great moments in this episode that are great in a very infuriating way, mainly coming from, from uh, uh, Mary Louise, who, I mean, there's a really funny moment with her early on in Madeline where, you know, Celeste actually crashes her car because she falls asleep at the wheel uh, because she's been taking some medication. And in an effort to hide this from Mary Louise, who, you know, isn't really buying any of it, uh, Madeline, you know, says, oh, I had an emergency and Celeste come to see, came to see me. And she's like, what kind of emergency did you have? You know, not willing to just let it go, having to prod and, and pry your way into the truth. And Madeline says, the kind short people have. Which is a callback to last episode where she said she doesn't trust short people and said that, <laughs> said that Madeline was short. Um, so that, that was obviously a very funny line, but she has a lot of moments like that that are less funny later in the episode. And... Basically, we have this big revelation where they find out that the kids, to some extent, know about Ziggy and Max and Josh being brothers. And when they actually tr trace it back and they try to find out who, who knows and how someone found out, um, it turns out it was actually Chloe. Chloe heard some of this over the phone from Madeline. So it was Madeline's mouth. <laughs> Madeline's big mouth <laughs> led to this. And... She, of course, gets very mad at Chloe, gives her a lot of trouble, who's very sorry, and we have, the, the other parents kind of have to t deal with this information and talk about it to their, their, their kids. Uh, Jane talks to, talks to Ziggy about it, and it's a really heartbreaking scene in a, in a lot of ways, because she, you know, she gets really upset on the phone and, you know, hangs up and goes to speak to Ziggy and starts asking him questions. And, you know, he's known since August and he says that he didn't want to ask about it because she would just lie. And she's like, okay, yeah, their dad was your dad too. And I, I and she's on she said, I honestly didn't know it was him though until um, last year. You know, for all that time, every time you asked, I never knew. So she's honest about that. Uh, but the, the real heartbreaking part is when he says, because she asked what else he's, what else he heard, how much he knows. And he said that Chloe said that he did something to you with salt, that he put salt on you or something, he salted you. And it's very clear that what Chloe's overheard is the word assault. And 
Jane, like, basically having to, ex- you know, it, it cuts away before we really get to the, the the answer. Obviously, she's going to explain it to him. But it's a really heartbreaking moment where she's got tears flowing down her face as she's about to explain what, what that means, what, what, what it meant. I mean, how much detail she goes into, how specific she gets, I'm sure will be... I'm sure it'll be neutered, but it, it's a really heartbreaking moment because she, you know, she, she's not ready to have this conversation with him. He seems a bit young to really have this conversation, but they're kind of being forced into it. And likewise, Celeste wasn't really ready to tell her kids about Ziggy uh, or about just how bad their father was. In fact, she lies about him multiple times and, you know, she's even at the therapist's office. I mean, every time Celeste goes to the therapist's office, we end up getting some with some acting gold. And one of the things that happens here is that, you know, she's like, I still miss him, I still miss him. So the therapist gives her this this exercise where she says, remember that time he assaulted you after your, your office party or, or whatever it was? And it, it wasn't one that we saw in season one, this was one that was previous. And it was in the closet, the big closet we saw a lot of last season. And she's, she's being assaulted again, she's been grabbed by the throat, she's been punched in the stomach. And it's really painful and she's really upset thinking about it. And she doesn't want to do it, but she does it. And then the therapist says, okay, now picture someone else you care about in your place. Picture Madeline receiving this beating rather than yourself. And phenomenal acting from Nicole Kidman here. She, you know, she starts screaming at one point, you know, no, 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 no. And the therapist says, did she deserve that? Would you tell her to get out of that relationship? And it's, it's kind of like this, this running thing of like, uh, with Celeste, this idea that she she's determined not to think she was the victim, uh, or that was a big thing last season, and she's determined to think it wasn't as bad. But the moment she imagines someone she cares about being in that position, it becomes a lot clearer. And I think that is true for human nature. I think I think there's a lot of things that people, when it's happened to themselves, they kind of like make excuses or they put up with it and say it's not that bad or or, or you know whatever it may be. But the second you see it happening to someone else, you all of a sudden it's crystal clear. It's like, no, uh, this, this isn't right. Um, so it's a really powerful scene in, in that sense. And then later on, um, you know, the kids are in the back seat and they're asking you know, if dad was a bad man. And um, she says, no, he was a, you know, or actually that's no, later on. She, she says, no, he was a beautiful man. He was a kind, beautiful man. Um, and you know she's not willing to just say to them, "No, your father was awful," uh, and it's an admission that she might have to do someday, uh, possibly this season. Uh, more so than that, though, is is Mary Louise because we have a scene with Mary Louise where after the phone calls and realizing the kids have heard, you know, what they've heard, uh, she has to tell Mary Louise this. I mean, don't see the start of the conversation. We cut into it and. She's obviously been explaining who Ziggy is and what what Perry had done, and Mary Louise uh, just you know flat out says um, uh, you know th- this girl could be lying. She could have had multiple partners. I don't believe my Perry would would do something like that. You know those kind of sentences, and Celeste, in order to like sort of stick up for Jane and be like, no, stop victim blaming. Like your your son was not a good man. He hit me. He beat me up repeatedly. Um, and she, she hits her back with, well, why didn't you go to the police? That, that is what she hits her back with. And it's a very infuriating scene as a viewer. You, you're, you're angry at her. You're angry at her for, for essentially not believing two victims at once. You know, there's now two victims for her son. And she's not believing any of it. She said, no, no, my, my Perry wouldn't do that. No, no, no. He's better than that. Why wouldn't you go to the police? Uh, which is one of the things the therapist said to her last season is that people would say that. Why didn't you take more action? 
Um, but she gets very suspicious as well because she starts saying, wait, so you found all this out on the day he died. You found this out right before he died. You were going to leave, but you didn't. You were going to do all this, and then he died that day. You know, she's definitely starting to do a lot of speculation in her head right there and then. Um, and she's got some other moments as well that are infuriating. Like, earlier on in the episode, you know, when, when in fact, Celeste, again, is sticking up for someone. She's sticking up for Madeline. And Mary Louise asks, uh, you know, she's, she's, she's bad-mouthed at Madeline. And, and Celeste is like, no, no, she's great. She's a great person. She's she's a lifeline. Do you know that she, she once, you know, saved Josh from drowning? And there's a pause, there's a beat, and then Mary Louise says, where were you? And turns it into blaming her for almost letting one of the kids drown. Um, it, you know, because we, we spoke a lot last week about how Mary Louise is, is very abusive, just not physically. She's abusive in a lot of different ways to, to her son. But you can definitely see how she's blaming everyone else instead of accepting that her son might be here. As, now, don't get me wrong, there's an obvious like, caveat here where, okay, yeah, a mother accepting that her own child is this monster is a difficult thing to accept. In fact, <laughs> from talking to Tara earlier on, just via text, and we were talking about the episode, uh, you know, she kind of made that point and said that Celeste was kind of doing the same thing last season where she... You know, she was denying that this was really as bad as it was, that he wasn't a monster, that there was good qualities, and yada, yada, yada. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. But my, my argument to that would be that as soon as... I, I think if Celeste discovered that there was another victim, if Celeste had discovered that Jane was the victim previously, I think she would have came to the accept... accepting her position a lot quicker than she would have done. I, th I think a second victim, that it's like, it's not just me... You know, and, you know, and even not even thinking about like the the betrayal of like you know the, their marriage and the the the, the affair side of it, you know, but just the 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 idea that there's another victim that it's not just her, um, I think would again open up her eyes a little bit, just a little bit quicker. Um, obviously she got to that point by the end, and she's still kind of struggling with it, but she's in a much better place to an extent than she was when she started. Although she is having a lot, of, you know, she's struggling in a lot of different ways. Um, she's not looking and feeling the healthiest right now, and there's obviously a lot of pain. And you know, Mary Louise seems to think this is, oh, this is like when I lost my husband, and you know, it was Perry that got me through it, and your boys will get you through it. Um, but the difference here, of course, is that it's a much, it's much murkier. I mean, hell, I mean, we don't know what Perry's dad was like. Maybe he was awful too, and maybe Mary Louise was once kind of in Celeste shoes but dealt with it in, a, in the most unhealthy way possible where you know like m maybe there's something to be said there maybe there'll be a redemptive thing for Mary Louise as opposed to what her son had in season one maybe she'll have a story where she does come to accept the people around her she she won't turn her nose up at them and she will listen to the people who are saying that her son was this person um but honestly the, the most powerful scene with Celeste this episode and the scene with Mary Louise when Mary Louise is denying that her son could have done any of this and is refusing to believe even though two different people are saying no he did this is when the kids start fighting josh and max start fighting and it's getting kind of rough and celeste you know starts shouting you know break this up break this up or whatever and she's she's saying it separates them and they're refusing to do it and i actually like i was thinking that one of them was going to hit her uh and it, it wouldn't be necessarily something that would that would you know be physically super painful because they're kids right but just the idea that one of them would, would hit her and it would be this sign that he has that mentality and it didn't quite do that but he did uh you know swear at her he, you know, he told her to f off and she pushes him and you know for the first like genuine time this season 
uh, kind of like doesn't sugarcoat who their father is. You know, she doesn't outright say it, but she yells out, "You will not be like him. You will not be like him." Um, and then you know, realizing that she shoved him down, and everyone's kind of like you know standing scared. And you've got you know, in the corner of my eye, I'm seeing Mary Louise watch this and be kind of shocked and all i can see is her like filling a diary of reasons why she should take the kids away from her like i'm seeing why oh my daughter-in-law isn't suitable you know isn't fit to be a mother i'm i'm, I'm going to take custody of the kids um i can see her, her thought process almost going over there so I'll, i'm curious to see if it actually goes down that path uh, or if it's something that she's just going to hold over uh, as, as the season goes on but a very powerful scene, obviously from an acting point of view. Um, and it's funny because so, so much of season one, there was this speculation that Ziggy might be taking on traits of whoever the, the rapist was, right? And while I don't love the reveal of who the rapist was as a plot point, I have to admit I do kind of like the the dramatic point that it's making this season. And that dramatic point is essentially that Ziggy came from perry but he was never around in, in ziggy's life so because of that he has none of his qualities however uh the kids that he was around for the kids who saw him speak to their mother the kids that saw him interact and saw his temperament they are taking on his his traits in a way that celeste is now trying to fight and i think it was that nature versus nurture thing except in, in this case they're both nature they're both examples of like n you know naturally coming from them but it's the nurturing side that's dangerous. It's the nurturing side that are really taking on the qualities. Uh, and of course, by the end, uh, Celeste and Jane like have the kids together to have like a, a brother play date because they want the kids to know each other in that, that way and form that, that bond and be kind of, I guess, honest, as honest as they can be about it. Um, and it's the sort of thing where, like, I don't know how much Celeste has told them now about Perry, but she kind of has to soon or eventually because Ziggy has been told very explicitly by Jane, you know, to an extent, what Perry did and why he exists. And because of that, it's going to spread to the other kids. You have to imagine Jane and... Because uh, Jane and Celeste have a couple of nice scenes here where they, they kind of hold hands and sort of comfort each other and, like... You know, because at one point they go to see each other and Celeste, like, we agreed that we would wait and tell them, you know, later. And Jane's like, you know, I know we did, but, like, I, I just can't lie. To He's asking questions now and he knows enough already that I can't lie to him anymore. Like, I have to, like, this burden has to be off my shoulders. So, no, like, that that, that, that plot is, is really well done. And um, the highlight of the episode, I think, even though there's a lot of other good moments in this episode, uh, I think the Celeste and Jane and the kids in Mary Louise's commentary and refusal to believe, you know, Celeste and and by proxy Jane, what's uh, what's happened with Perry is it's really powerful. It's really hard hitting. It's frustrating. I think it does this neat thing where season one very put very much put us in the shoes of of Celeste. It put us in the shoes of Celeste where we felt scared for her. We we feared Perry. Uh, whenever he was around and it made us feel like we you know made us empathize with the abuse victim and you know to an extent put us in their shoes i think this season is keeping us in her shoes but is now doing it on the other side where she's been doubted by someone and is letting us feel that frustration uh so once again we're very much along for the ride with celeste and uh it's very it's very well done so excellent um uh, madeline uh after fighting with mary louise somewhat 
so basically, she's because Bonnie's so out of it, and they find Bonnie walking down the side of the road, who says she's hiking and whatnot. She basically says, "Hey, I, I think Abby should come back and live with us uh, because and." You know, Bonnie actually just agrees immediately. When as soon as Madeline suggests it, instead of fighting or whatever, she's like, "Yeah, I can't. You know, I can't offer what she needs right now. So yeah, she should go back and live with you." Um, and they have a, a bit of an honest conversation about it. She opens up a little bit about how she feels about how the 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 the, the, the killing is is weighing on her. Um, but when Abby's there and she's she's talking to Madeline, uh, she, you know, basically throws in her face at one point. You you know you were you know screwing uh screwing the theater director last year. And you know, Madeline gives her shit, and she she starts like you know ranting about it, and then Ab and like as soon as she said it, I was like, why are you saying that out loud in the house? Now to 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 the character's credit, she does say afterwards that Madeline told her he wasn't home, so okay, <laughs> I can't say that Abby's a complete you know being completely uh you know what's the word I'm looking for uh just inconsiderate I, I guess that, that feels too that doesn't feel harsh enough, but. Um, so because she thought he wasn't home, but as soon as she said it, because we didn't know that, I immediately thought, "Wait, Ed could hear that. <laughs> like, what's going on?" And he's standing right there, and Madeline has to turn around, and you know, there's, there's, again, there's a, there's an attempt to lie, you know, as is the norm on this show. She says, "No, no, you misheard that last part." As, as if that was going to work, and he just grabs his keys and he's leaving, and she's like, "Oh, where are you going?" And you're obviously at this point feeling very stressed and scared of what what, what his reaction is. And he's like to get my ears checked, and you know it kind of sinks in. And you know her her reaction's so good here. As soon as he leaves, she just like you know smashes her hands against the the counter and is like you know dropping f bombs. And later on, when he comes back and they're they're in the the room together, you know, and she's asking him what he's thinking, and uh, you know, she, she's trying to make it clear that this is this was her. This has nothing to do with him. Uh, this is just about how how she was feeling, her own stupidity, and, and whatever. You know, he gets very upset that Abby's known for a year, uh, and he questions if if Chloe also knows. And you know, what one of the nice little beats in here that I really liked from Ed is that he says, "You know, my daughter's known for a year, and yes, I do think of her as a daughter." Uh, when he's talking about Abby, because obviously it's Nathan's daughter, and um, that was a really, it was a good bit of writing. It's a really good bit of. Uh, not vindictive. Like, I don't think it's vindictive in this case, or at least I mean it kind of is, but it's not something that I would say the character themselves is being vindictive. I don't think the person would be vindictive for this. I I, I think saying that and pointing that out in the middle of this conversation is pointing out where he felt uh, with them as a as a family and how how close they they were and or how he felt they were at least, and how much this is just shattered. It is kind of twisting the knife of how bad Madeline feels right now. But it's not too much. It's you know, it's he's not be he's not saying something intentionally mean. He he's just he is almost turning up the pain a little bit by pointing out the good things that she is ruining right now, um, and 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 it will sting. And I think it does sting Madeline, um, because she does want the the perfect married life. She does want this this life that she's built for herself with Ed. Um, and you know, and he he storms out the scene saying, you know, I think this is over, and you know, that's kind of, you know, where we end with them. You know, we see we see Madeline later on, kind of just crying outside, looking at the ocean as she does. But it's a really, it's a really well done scene again, much like a lot of the scenes in this episode. Uh, once we get to the second half of this episode, everything's just like flying off the handle. There's just so much going on, so much big revelations are coming out, and 
like I say, this, I mean, Ed's had a couple of weird scenes, but for the most part, he's been a fairly upstanding guy. For the most part. Couple of weird lines here or there. And the whole thing with Nathan's a bit odd. Uh, which does be a little bit of that in this episode. Where I actually, I actually, again, I sympathize with Ed because Nathan comes up and says, I'm running. And he's like, for office? Because that's what I thought he meant. It sounded, he said, it, it, it sounded like he, he was saying he was running for something. Uh, but he's like, no, no, I'm running uh, to try and be closer to... He, he's basically get, going again to talk about his wife to, to Ed, but immediately gets upset when Ed drops a joke about be, asking him to take his wife out for for lunch. Um, it's really funny. But which actually nicely plays into the Nathan storyline where, you know, Bonnie's mother accuses him of not really being observant with his wife and not really knowing what's going on in her head to the extent that he should. Um, so... It, I think as much as that's played off by him just acting shocked that she said that, it, I think it does actually kind of get to him a little bit because that's essentially why he went to Ed. He was hoping that the the, the, the husband of his ex-wife would have do a better job than him, even though he's supposed to know Bonnie way better than anyone else. Um, but yeah, so the Ed, the Ed scene with Madeline's fantastic, um, and we'll see kind of where that leads. Um, and now that Madeline's forced to be honest in a way that she hasn't before, and you know she she's been wanting to tell him for a long time. She said that last season, and it's been a year later, and she's still not said. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I mentioned Bonnie's mother came to town. Um, Nathan calls her in to help. Um, not as much to say about this plot. I mean, we're getting a little bit like her mother is uh, mystical. Uh, she believes that she has visions and clearly you know as spiritual uh which is the word i should have used i shouldn't have said mystical <laughs> i meant spiritual she's spiritual that, that was the word i was trying to say um and she leaves like a little you know crystal and some some heirlooms kind of out by her bed and you know bonnie kind of like you know gives them back and says no i don't want this in my life and she tries to tell it she's having visions of someone drowning and uh bonnie doesn't really want to hear it um but you know we get that i, I think one observation i did have that was really interesting to me is um how her mother is actually in a relationship that's very similar to her and Nathan. And not just because uh, she's married to a white man, but because e even at the dinner where they kind of get into a bit of a fight, like Nathan and, and Bonnie's dad both feel like they're kind of like on this, like reacting the same way in that side of the relationship where they're both trying to like just calm things down. It feels like the relationship is very similar, which is funny because earlier on in the episode, Bonnie's mother accuses Bonnie of like being in the relationship with, with Nathan for weird reasons, for for wanting to build walls around her and be kind of unique here. Um, she mentions that she's not seen any other black people since she's arrived, and that being with someone like Nathan, who's a bit of a, as she puts it, a, a simpleton when it comes to recognizing feelings and and you know when it comes to emotions, that she's maybe done that intentionally. But then later on in this dinner table scene, it seems like she's kind of done the same thing. At least from the, the small snippet we get of them, it feels it feels a lot like mother like daughter, um, which again goes to you know Perry and Mary Louise feeling like they're kind of similar in a lot of ways. We're definitely getting a sense of of apples not falling far from the trees. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all I've got to say about that. But it, still interesting to see where this goes and how this how this opens up. Although it is worth mentioning that that our mother does at the dinner table say what well, you've not narrowed it down nathan right how about this how about it started on the night that that guy was killed at that trivia game because that's clearly the turning moment that's the turning point in this 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 mood shift that, that bonnie's had that's when things changed and i've been here a, you know she didn't say this last part but she's but she's basically insinuating i've been here a day and i figured that out and she's been like this for for you know eight nine months whatever it's been so you know 
interested to see where that goes uh, going forward. And then the final plot that I have to talk about is uh, Renata and Gordon, who out of nowhere, Gordon gets arrested by the FBI. They come in and they take him, handcuff him. Renata's freaking out, you know, thinking this is unjust. What are you doing? What, you can't just come up and attack someone, blah, blah, blah. And she later goes to see him in, in, you know, in jail. And you've got the phones on either side of the interrogation. Oh, not the interrogation. The, you know, the, the visitor glass. Uh, that's not an interrogation room. You know what I mean. Um, and it basically, he reveals that he's committed some fraud. Uh, and as I joked earlier when I was talking to Tara about this, some late treason. Um, which he didn't do treason, but I was just joking that because uh, I was thinking of Arrested Development. And we made a lot of Arrested Development jokes last week. Um so and yeah renata kind of freaks out and it's like wait like what about my half of the money like i made half that money like you know because you know, as we know she, she's a career woman she, she's had she's still got a job she's she's very successful and she's like no half of that money's mine and he assures her as if this is a good as if as if this is going to comfort her that amabella's trust fund is safe because that's classed differently that's 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 separate but everything else including the house we're going to be broke by the end of the year you know, between lawyer costs and everything else. And she has this great freak out moment where she yells at the end, I'm not, not going to be rich or something to that, to that extent. Um, and, you know, and he gets out on bail and she has this daydream where they're asking for millions of dollars and the judge will start laughing at her. Um, but it's just a daydream. It's just her like sort of, and I was like, it leads to this great scene in, in the car where she's driving him home after he gets out on bail and you know, he he basically he upsets her. I'll just say that I can't remember the exact line of dialogue that, that sets her off. I wish I did, because I'm so I'm so like hypnotized by her reaction in the rest of the scene that I can't remember for the life of me what he was saying before. It was basically just about uh, not taking the blame and saying that she should understand because oh yeah, because he says that you know we all want more. You should know that more than anyone. And she freaks out and says, wait, when have I ever insinuated that I want more? And she gets so mad, she's like, this is my car, get out. And she gets, so let's make some get out. It's, you know, it's busy road. Uh, he gets outside and she drives off. And the best part of it is that she, she gives him, think, you know, uh, she flips the bird at him right with both hands, but she has one hand out the side, side door and the other one gone out the sunroof. And it's, it's glorious. It is absolutely glorious. And... She does it. She does turn around. She, she, you know, she, she drives for a little bit and then says, you know, f, and she, you know, does a U-turn and goes and picks him up. Um, but it's it's delightful. It's a delightful sequence. Um, and I think you know, obviously, what I'm really noting here in this episode, apart from the big stuff coming out for all the other plots, is that both Bonnie and Renata feel like they're getting more plot this year. It feels like they're getting their own stories a bit more. You know, um, Bonnie especially last year really just felt like she was there to be. A tangential element of Madeline's story you know like Nathan and, and Bonnie were kind of tangentially just always part of Madeline and, and Ed's story for the most part and this year I feel like no she's getting her own plot her mother's visiting her we're dealing with what she's going through specifically and it wasn't something we really dealt with as much last year uh, or last season so uh, no I think that's interesting and I think it's very interesting that we're getting um, all these things coming out and that's that's like I enjoyed episode one especially after talking about it uh, after the fact this episode I think was uh, fantastic this, this this was much better than I mean not, not last week was bad again I liked last week's episode this was a great episode this was 
everything's firing on all cylinders like once it got going almost every scene was like special and memorable and yeah so i'm excited about the rest of the season uh now and obviously this review was a little bit shorter than last week's despite the fact that it was bigger stuff happening because it's just me talking on my own uh tara will be back next week for episode three so look forward uh to to that uh, let me know what you thought of this episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe and all that stuff. Uh, you can get me on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Well, that's for mail fuzz specifically. Uh, if you want to get me specifically on Twitter, it's at wibble89. Uh, you can do that. Uh, you can, of course, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. We can support us for as little as $1 per month and unlock new goals, get some rewards and the tiers, all that kind of thing. Um, but otherwise, that's us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?